If you love all things real estate in Houston, this show is for you. Sounds so exciting. We'll interview mortgage professionals, real estate professionals, special guests, and business owners from right here in the Houston community. This is Houston Inside Out. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Houston Inside Out. I am your host, James J. And today I am joined and excited to be joined by Hector Padilla. Uh, Hector is the founder and president of HP Capital Investments out in California. Uh, Hector has personally purchased over $90 million in real estate. And uh, HP, HP Investments is a, uh, an acquisition and investment firm. And you guys have been doing this for, for over 40 years now. Is that right, Hector? Yeah, actually, my family's been in the business now for 41 years. Okay. Um, here in the yeah, 41 years. That is, that is awesome. So I want you to go ahead and uh, introduce yourself a little more so people get a, a little bit, uh, get a, to learn a little bit more about your background and uh, where you are today with HP Investments. Uh, you guys have kind of gone through a lot of different stages uh, of business over, over this 41 plus year. So go ahead and uh, introduce yourself a little bit more to the audience and uh, we'll take it from there. Absolutely. Uh, first, um, I just want to give everybody a little bit of my, about my background. So I don't want people to think that I was born into wealth. I was right. not. I right. grew up working class and then we moved up to middle class. So yes, my family has been in the business for 41 years, but we'll talk about that a little bit more in sure. depth, how sure. when I came into the business, we then created exponential growth. And again, I have now purchased over $90 million with the real estate, but I am definitely no genius. I don't think I'm anything special. And I want to give a little bit of backdrop about that. Okay. Um, when I grew up, um, you know, middle class, actually working class, then into middle class, uh, I actually basically like I should have flunked kindergarten, first grade, <laughs> second grade, and third grade. Okay. Uh, and and there wasn't and James it wasn't because I was dumb it was just that the teacher I had no interest in what the teachers were trying to teach me, and I was always out there trying to talk to the students and get up and walk around and just I had a short attention span. Right. So, so that's what happened there. Yeah. Um, and then at an early age. I really did enjoy having money. I wanted to buy what I wanted to buy. So at the age of four, I started washing dishes to get an allowance. And uh, I quickly learned that that was not a career I wanted. <laughs> right, <And yeah. laughs> at the age of five, I started stuffing envelopes. And I was literally getting paid one penny per envelope. So I have to make 100 envelopes to make $1. Okay. And at that age of five, I also quickly learned that I did not want to do labor work. I, I right. remember as a little boy sitting on the floor, stuffing the envelopes and my shoulders and my neck literally hurting from sitting there uh, for hours stuffing envelopes. So I, I quickly learned that I didn't want to have a labor job. Right. Yeah. And yes. uh, from there I went and I, uh, I, I had a newspaper route. No, actually from there I started working. Um, what did I do? No, I had the newspaper route. So I used to sell the newspaper door to door and I used to, uh, pass out the newspaper. And from that job, what I also learned was that, you know, that job was seven days a week, no days off because everybody needs to get their paper. That's right. So I realized that that kind of business was not for me either. I wanted to be able to have my time freedom. And this is at what age are you doing the uh, newspaper? At what age are we talking? 
At the newspaper, I was about 10 years old. Okay. All right. So you're, you're already at that early age thinking about different types of businesses that you either <laughs> don't like or different, different uh, you know, you don't want to do the labor. There's got to best. You're looking for a better way even at the age of 10. Oh, oh yeah. I was definitely yeah. looking for a better way. And right. I'll give you an example of that, uh, James. When I, was, when I was also selling the newspaper door-to-door, which taught me to have thick skin because, you know, the, the level of rejection is, is yeah. huge. Nobody wants to buy the newspaper back then. Yeah. And um, so what I would do is if they didn't want to buy the newspaper, is I would let them know that we were in a, in a competition to be able to go to Magic Mountain and where they helped me out with a donation. And you would be surprised that the donation back then was anywhere from $2 to $5.00. And it was a you know cash donation to me, right. and I would make more money by asking for a donation than I would by selling a newspaper subscription. Wow! So the lesson in that was that we need to think out of the box, and yep. we need to think into a new box um, to be able to earn uh, wealth, to be able to earn income. Yeah. Yeah. So we just gotta you know uh, think on our feet and figure out a way to make more money. Um, back at that point too, you know, um, after that, I went to go work at a printing press and again, I was 10 years old and I was making minimum wage and it was fun, but I quickly learned that, you know, making minimum wage, um, wasn't going to get me anywhere. So I, I started selling, uh, you know, I started selling buttons. I would make buttons at the, at the printing press and then I would sell those on the side. So I was always trying to figure out ways. How can I earn more income? Um, so and at this age, Hector, what me ask you? So at this age, where are you at? Where are you living at this at this point? Are you in California? Where are you guys? Where are you at at that point? So I've all, I was born in Santa Monica. I've lived okay. my whole life in this area. So okay. at this point, we're living in Culver City, Got which it. is a okay. city next door to Santa Monica. Yeah. So living there, and um, and then from you know, so now you know, I go I go through high school and and I go to a community college. I went to Santa Monica Community College. So I didn't go to a Harvard or a Stanford or any right. kind of Ivy. And uh, from there, I went to Dominguez Hills, got my bachelor's degree. And then actually, uh, I became a Santa Monica police officer, which was actually one of my, my, uh, one of my dreams was to become a police officer. Wow. So, yeah. So became a police officer. Then I realized, like, okay, this is not what I was seeing on TJ Hooker. Right. Yeah. Hawaii 5.0 and all those shows. It was just a whole different thing. Um, so I quit that. Uh, great experience. I learned a lot going through the police academy. Uh, definitely toughened me up going through that police academy and being oh, yeah. a street. Yeah, yeah. definitely toughened me up. Now, so how, long, there, how, you know, how long did you do that? How long, how long did you do that, Hector? How long were you a, a police officer? So um, going through college, I actually used to work undercover security. Okay. And uh, that, that's what I did to pay my way through college. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I became a police officer. I was a police officer for a little over a year. Okay. And then I just decided that wasn't for me. And yeah. everybody told me, including my father and you know a lot of friends, said, get into real estate, get into real estate. At a young age, you're going to become you know wealthy. Right. So um, I got into it. Okay. And and here is, um, this is what I call the reverse circle, and I tell people that you do not want to go into the reverse circle. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Yeah. So what I mean by that is that at that point I knew that I wanted to become 
a real estate investor. And I knew the way to do it was by investing in multi-units. Right. You know, but back then I was thinking two, I was thinking duplex, fourplex, you know, five yeah. units, et cetera. I wasn't thinking multi-million dollar buildings. But anyways, yeah. so what I did was I went in that reverse circle, which, which, which means I started working for a broker as an assistant. Then I became a buyer's agent. Then I became a listing agent. Then I became a broker owner of a brokerage. Then I started flipping houses. Then I started raising private capital. And then I started really focusing on multifamily. Okay. And that took a good 15 years. Right. Okay. That, that's the reverse circle that I'm talking about. So what I tell people is instead of going in that big old reverse circle, when you figure out what you want to do, just go on the straight line. What I should have done in hindsight, right, is I should have found someone that was already investing in multi-units as a principal. And I should have uh, pursued him as my mentor. Right. I should have gone to work for him as his assistant, whatever I could do to learn from him on how to become the principal investor and not that long circle that I did. So, so you were, were you doing residential during that time prior? So is this is this all regular residential? This was this was it uh, was a commercial. No, I was doing all residential. So okay. the broker okay. that I was working with as an assistant, he was doing all residential as a listing agent. Got and it. so then I became a buyer's agent for people, but you know, first time home buyers. Okay. And then I became a listing agent selling houses. And then I got into the flipping game. Got it. Got it. And and I'll tell you something else, James. A big lesson in that is what I call and I see a lot of flippers and a lot of listing agents that are doing this and what I call it is they're chasing birds. Right. They're yeah. And the other saying is, you know, the man that chases two rabbits catches none. That's right. That's right. So even though I made really good money being a top producing listing agent and uh, flipping some houses, what I realized was I didn't really have that time freedom and I really was not building wealth. I thought I was, but I really wasn't. Yeah. So as soon as I was done with, with one fix and flip, I'd have to go chase another one. Yeah. As soon as I was done selling a, a, a single family house or a listing, I had to go chase another one and it was nonstop. So I was always chasing birds. Yeah, that makes sense. Now yeah. with the new system that I have, which is what I call the pig methodology and a pig is a passive income generator. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So now with this new pig methodology that I have now, I don't have to work anymore because now I have that passive income coming in from my rental properties. Um, now when I do a cash out refinance on one of my properties, that cash out refinance is tax free. So when mm -hmm. I cash out 200, 300, 400,000, I pay no taxes on that. Oh, that's when awesome. I, yeah. When I let her, when I la uh, later reposition the asset and I sell it with a 1031 exchange, again, I pay no taxes. And that's how I created that exponential growth by using that pig methodology of right. finding the deal, controlling the deal by getting it under contract, raising some private uh, money, purchasing the property as an investor, repositioning it, meaning increasing the value by raising rents, by charging for parking, right. um, different ways to increase that, what we call the net operating income. Yep. Then I would refinance it, pull cash out, hold it for 13 months to five years, sell it on a 1031 exchange, 
pay no taxes, rinse and repeat. Now, did you, who was your mentor? Because obviously you've been doing this for, for some time now and a lot of what you just discussed is stuff that you learn over time. When you first started in this side of just getting into multifamily, was that from a book you read? Was that just your own research and realizing that I need to have passive income instead of doing the one-off here, one-off here? Uh, how, what was it that led you to really wanting to get into the big multifamily side of the business? Because there's a lot of different avenues you can go with when it comes to real estate. I think a lot of people are just intimidated about the size of the, they start looking at the numbers and I look at it as, you know what, and you, you can speak to this because whether you're doing a $500,000 listing or a million dollar listing or $5 million, you know, deal, the effort is relatively probably about the same. It's not a big difference. It's just people get intimidated by when you start looking at $5 million or a $10 million project or $25 million project. So that was, uh, I know there's a couple of questions in there. How you, what, what led you to this side and wanting to do this other than obviously wanted the passive income. Um, and then as far as the numbers go, what can you kind of tell people about doing these big deals that you're looking at now? And your, your perspective is a lot different now because you've been doing it for a little bit. Absolutely. So let me, uh, I was having a conversation with a mentee and he was saying that, you know, he wants to make a million dollars a year and it's a, and he's a listing agent and it's, and he wants to now transition or what I call a pivot into becoming the principal investor in multi-million dollar uh, properties. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I said, okay, right now, so as a listing agent, what's your average, average price? And he's here in, in, in LA. So his average listing was 700,000. And, and I said, okay, well, how much commission do you make on that? He's like, I make about two and a half percent. So he's making 17,500. So I said, well, how many listings do you need to sell to make a million? And he said, oh, well, I just got to close 57. And I said, okay, so if you close 57 listings at uh, 17,500 gross commission, you're going to make a million. And he was like, yeah. And I said, see, that's the error that 95% of Americans and entrepreneurs make is mm -hmm. they don't know their math. Yeah. They don't work the reverse math. And I said, well, let me ask you this. What's your split with your broker? He was like, oh, 10%. I said, okay, what's your overhead? He's like, about 30%. Okay, what is your state and federal tax? He didn't know. So that's about 28%. Social security tax is 15.5%. So his net is actually $6,707, which means that for him to make a million dollars net, He's got to close 149 listings. Right. Which means he's got to go on 200 presentations. Okay. Right. Yeah. Which is not happening. No. So that, and not just that, not just that, James, but to me, I mean, to close 149 transactions is just, again, chasing birds. It's a lot of work. Yeah. I've been there and done that as a broker, and it's a lot of work. Yeah, even so, with a team, you know, even with a team, you're still having to manage in that process. So, yeah, 149, 50, 150 transactions a year. It's a lot, you know, even with a team. Absolutely. And I've run a team. I mean, yeah. I did it with yeah. I closed 200 transactions in one year with a team. Okay. And it's still a lot of work. Absolutely. So when I say better and done that, I, I really know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It is yeah. still a lot of work. Absolutely. So when I now realized, I said, you know what? why not um, focus on multi-million dollar assets 
where you can where the goal is to net one million dollars per pig per passive income generator. Okay. Right. But let's just say that you don't make a million. Maybe you make two hundred thousand. This business, it's all about quality and not quantity. Okay. When people say, "Oh, I want to close," you know, I want to flip fifty houses a year. I'm like, man, you know, God bless your little heart. That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're going to pay all this overhead on it versus I would rather do two, three, four, maybe five great deals. Right. And my goal is to net a million dollars a deal. Am I always going to net a million dollars? No, I'm not. But I get really close to it now. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let me go. Let me take it back on the part of mindset. Yes. You're right. Everybody gets intimidated like, oh, my God, yeah. how am I going to do yeah. a million dollar acquisition, right? How am I going to buy a $1 million property or how am I going to buy a $5 million property? And every, I, you know, I, I was in those shoes. I remember thinking, gosh, how can I even talk to someone that owns a $5 million property? Like right. they must be at a whole different level. And I was just intimidated. And what are they going to think about me when I pull up in my Honda Accord? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But here's the thing with that, James, is that, those people, they don't see it as, oh, I own a $5 million uh, apartment building. It's kind of like me right now. I drive a Rolls Royce. Right. Okay. I don't see it as, oh, look at me. I drive a ghost Rolls Royce. It's a $400,000 car. I just see it as I'm driving a nice car. Yeah. And in my circle, they have a Rolls Royce. They drive the Ferrari. They have the Lamborghini. They drive the Mercedes, the BMWs. The Bentleys, it's not a big deal. To them, it's just a car. Just a car. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. So the same thing in real estate, when you're talking to these sellers, they're not like, oh, I own a fight. It's just like, yeah, I got this apartment building. I want to sell it. How can you help me? Now, I know you have some criteria for for when you're looking for deals uh, as far as, or I guess things that you prefer from the seller. Uh, I I don't know if you do all. Are you strictly looking for properties that the seller will finance or is that like a just a preference for you that a seller finances and I know you've got some other criteria when you're looking at these deals so talk a little bit about that and then you are spot on as far as the the intimidation factor um, and mindset I know and I know you talk a lot about mindset and getting people's mindset to a point of yeah listen like 5 million 25 million 30 million it really doesn't matter um, it, it's, it's the same effort that's going to take you to, you know, go work a million dollar deal, which out in California is kind of a normal deal for you guys out there. I'm in Texas, so it's a little different out here, but, um, yeah, what, what would you uh, say as far as like your criteria? What do you look for when you're looking for deals? Okay. Excellent question. And, uh, for, for the listeners out there, one thing they must know is they must know what is their ideal client. Right. And when I ask, that when I speak at a, at, a, at a real estate event or a real estate club or you know anything and I ask agents and brokers and flippers what is your ideal client they're like uh, well uh, somebody that'll sell me the property right. and uh, I want to make the money and they don't have a clear criteria so here's something else that I say I say that 3CP equals power and 3 yes. P stands for crystal clear clarity equals power. You must have crystal clear clarity about what you want your business to look like. And you must have crystal clear clarity on what you want your lifestyle to look like. Yes. 
So part of that is you got to know what is your ideal client. So here's my ideal client, James. My ideal client is normally a baby boomer who owns an apartment building that does not need the money. Right. They're willing to sell it at a discount and they will do seller financing. Yep. Now, do I always find that? No, I don't, but mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking for. So guess what? That's kind of what I'm finding. What you Not find. every time. Yeah. <laughs> but it goes back to that old, uh, there's, an, there's a really great lesson that's about 2,500 years old. And the lesson is, is written on this incredible book that has great lessons in it. And you don't have to be religious. <laughs> right, uh, right. It, but, yeah. but the three lessons are this. Seek and you shall find. Yeah. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door shall open. Yeah, I cannot agree with you more. And so, you know, I, I talked about this uh, a few days ago about what exactly what you're talking about. So the reticular activating system, we all have it. Everybody has it. Absolutely. And it's that yes. this is what it is. This is what I want. This is what I want. And then somehow your brain just goes and starts finding it. You know, it's just, and the best, best analogy is when you get a car. That's the best analogy to give anybody is you buy the car and then you see it everywhere. It never you know, fails. One of, one of my mentors, uh, he, he already uh, passed away. His name, his name was Bill Mitchell. He's already passed away. Okay. But um, he was an elderly gentleman. And, um, and you'll know that when you have a mentor that's elderly, their mm-hmm. patience level is very short. Right. And so I wanted to get out of the fix and flip, and I wanted to get into uh, multifamily. And he said, Hector, if you plant potatoes, don't expect to get tomatoes. And if you plant tomatoes, don't expect to get potatoes. Have a right. good day. Yeah, he hung up on, and I'm like, "Holy shit, what was that all about?" <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. it, it's true, you know. I, I funny. I was just listening to Earl Shelf, who was a mentor to Jim Rohn. So these are Absolutely. all motivational guys. I was just listening to this a few days ago, and he—that is exactly what he talked about: is two things: being specific about what you want. I mean, specific down yes. to. And uh, so I and I've listened to it several, several times uh, over the last few days, but being specific. And then, yeah, I mean, planting, you can't plant tomato seeds. And, you know, he said, you know, you, you, you said you wanted apples. So you planted apple seeds and they came up and they were red. And you said, well, I didn't want red. I wanted green. Well, you didn't ask for green. <laughs> you, you, you wanted apples. Here are your apples. And so this, what you just said is so, so important, Hector, as far as being specific. And you're right. Most people do not take the time to really map out what they want, whether it be business, life. We just, people just don't take the time to do it. And, and James, and again, that is a, a huge lesson is 3CP. you got to be crystal clear. Yes. You must have crystal clear clarity. When you have that, then you have the power, then you're powerful. So let me, let me step yeah. back into why I like the baby boomers. See the baby boomers, you know, they're now, you know, 65, 70, 75 and older. Yeah. Like my last five clients were in their late 70s, early 80s, because they're not looking to buy the Rolls Royce. Right. They're not looking to buy a mansion. They're not looking for any of that. What they're looking to do is they're looking to have peace of mind. They're looking to not deal with tenants anymore. They want to enjoy their last years here on this uh, great place we call Earth. Right. So when you come up to them and you offer them a hassle-free sale where they pay no commissions, they make no repairs, and you can close escrow on the date of their choice, 
and they can continue to receive passive income by doing a seller carry back. Yeah, they like that. Yeah. And, and again, it's all in the presentation. So when you present it to them like that and they're like, wow, like I don't got to deal with this headache anymore of evictions, of rent readies, of, you know, termites and toilets and tenants. Yeah. And I can still get some cash down plus monthly income. Um, they like that. So that's uh, why I focus on the multi-million dollar properties. They, they really are owned by the baby boomers and they've owned them for, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Right. And they just don't want them anymore. So that's why I focused on there. Here's another question for you, James, and for the audience is when you go out somewhere and you talk and, and you find out, well, how many people are listing agents or realtors? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of realtors out there. Right. And then you may ask someone, well, how many flippers do you know buying at the whatever, you know, 100,000 to the 500,000 mark? And there's a lot of flippers doing that. But let me ask you, James, how many guys do you know where you actually know them? You have their cell number, they have mm-hmm. your cell number, and you know them that are buying from a million to $15 million properties. How many guys do you know doing that? Not one. I don't know Perfect. one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know one. And that's what I'm talking about. There's yeah. very little competition in it. Yeah. So when you're in the, you know, I don't know your price. What's your average house selling for out there in your area? So I'm in, uh, I'm in the Houston area. So for us, average, our average price is somewhere around two forty-five. It's so it's relatively, uh, I would say low, but I mean we, we're not comparing Houston to California because it's a totally different market. But yeah, we're around two forty-five. We're in the the greater Houston area. So there's going to be some okay. out. Outburst suburb areas where it's a little bit higher, but it's about 245. So let's just say it's 300. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a lot of listing agents in that area looking for listings of 300,000, and that's yeah. what they're finding is listings of 300,000. Right. There's a lot of flippers out there looking to flip properties for 300,000. So what are they finding? Houses to flip for 300,000. Yep. Now, investors looking for a million to let's say 10 million in your area. There isn't that very, there isn't very many. So there's less competition, right? right? But the guys that are looking for that, guess what they're finding? Yeah. They're finding the million to $10 million deals. So whatever you focus on, that's what you're going to find. So when you're out there networking and you're, you know, you're prospecting and if you're prospecting uh, baby boomers that own the million to $10 million deals, that's what you're going to find. When you're out there and you tell people, I'm looking to invest in a million to $10 million apartment buildings. Those are the kind of leads you're going to get. Yeah. So whatever you focus on is what you're going to find. No, that's, and let that's, me tell you, uh, going back and you were asking me about my criteria. Yes. So again, I've always had, you know, one of the big keys to my success is just having great mentors. Okay. Yes. And, um, one, one guy, he wasn't really my mentor. I just had a mentoring, what I call a mentoring phone call with him. Is uh, and he had purchased two billion dollars in real estate, and he just said, uh, "Long story short, he was just, I'm not going to mentor you." And I said, "Can I just have a phone call, just a 15 minute phone call?" Actually, I told him a nine minute phone call, and his reply on email was, "Okay, yes." And then when we got on the phone, the first question he asked me he said, "Hector, why did you say nine minutes?" And I said, "Bill, because by saying nine minutes, I know I knew that would get your attention, and you'd yeah. agree to it." And he's <laughs> right. like, <"What?"> "Yeah, that's <laughs> smart. That's brilliant. Yeah." So I get this call with him, okay, and he's purchased $2 billion in his lifetime. So I'm asking him questions about his buy criteria, the same thing. And he goes, Hector, the first thing I want to know is what's the story? He's like, I am a story buyer. 
Mm. I need to know that that seller needs to sell, not that they want to sell. And when I say that they need to sell, that doesn't mean they need the money. That means they need to get rid of the headache. Another one of my mentors said, he's like, he said, Hector, nobody will ever give away their property, but they will trade it for peace of mind. Right. Which right? is great. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's the first thing I want to know is I want to know what's the story. And, and I'll give you an example. I recently just bought, and I'm talking about recent meaning, and I think we closed in December. So what is that? Last month. Right. So um, I get the lead and um, the broker, the listing agent says, you know what, here's, I asked him, what's the story? And he said, well, the husband passed away and the wife is now about 72 years old. It's a 19 unit building and she doesn't have the money to rehab it. She's got three vacancies. She has a roofing leak and she needs to retrofit the parking. Um, And she's just in over her head. Yeah. Okay. But she doesn't need the money. So perfect. So now um, I look at that building, and here's something else, guys. You guys need to know your market. Right. That's what's going to yeah. give you guys the ability to move with speed. Um, remember that deals and money like speed. For sure. So I just sold a property a few blocks away. I sold nine units for about two million two hundred. So when he told me that she wanted three million for nineteen doors, right off the bat, oh, I'm like, that's yeah. Okay. So then I went to go drive it right away, just from the uh, outside. I drove it, and um, it needed a lot of work. So I said, you know what? It needs a lot of work. Um, I'm willing to offer her 2.5 million. He's like, nope. You know what? She'll take. She wants 3 million. And I said, you know, I understand she wants 3 million, but give her the opportunity to say no to my offer. Yeah. So we presented the offer at 2.5. She took it. So we went into escrow at 2.5. At the end of the day, uh, no, not 2.5, at 2 million 550. Okay. After we did our inspections, um, there were some issues with the building. Plus, obviously, we knew we had to put in a brand new roof on the building. We already had three vacancies, and we had to retrofit the building. So, you know, it had some hair on it. You know, sure. it was a hairy deal. Um, so we said, you know, we need an adjustment an adjustment in price. You yeah. don't need to drop the price. Remember when you say drop the price, that's negative to the seller. Yes, absolutely. Dropping the price, they're going to lose money, right? So we just said we need to adjust the price. Let's go. I love that. <laughs> just a simple terminology. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's such a small thing, but it makes such a huge impact when you're having a conversation with a seller. We're not going to drop it. We just need an adjustment. It sounds so much better. And it sounds a lot better to the seller as, as yeah, well. Absolutely. So, so again, the power of words. Yes. And uh, something else for the listeners out there is learn the power of words. Like yes. we don't say sign the contract. Yeah. When you say that, people freak out. I just yes. say approve our agreement. Yeah, I usually use the words. I use acknowledge. I tell my when Perfect. people I need. I say, hey, I need you to acknowledge this, or or I call it a purchase agreement. I never use the word contract ever. And I've taken Perfect. that out of my terminology through some training of myself. But yes, words, little things just make a difference in the communication when you're dealing with someone. So that's, that's, that's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, words are very powerful. Mm-hmm. So let, let me go back to this little story so you guys can see yes. how this works. Okay. okay. So now we buy it. Um, and now what we call the ARV, which is the after, yes. repo- excuse me, the after repositioning value, right. ARV. In flipping, they say at the after repair value. Right. 
in the acquisition business of buying apartment buildings, we call it the after repositioning value. Okay. Okay, so my ARV is $4 million. Okay. Now, that's if I rehabbed all the units. So there's 19 doors there. I'm not going to rehab all of the doors. I'm going to leave a little bit of meat on the bone so that the next investor can say, you know what, I can still rehab whatever it's going to be, three doors, five doors, 10 yes. doors, and then improve my value. Right. So let's just say that I don't sell it for $4 million and I sell it for $3.8 million. We have our own in-house brokerage, so it's going to uh, cost me about 2.5% to sell it you know, by putting it on the open market and cooperating right. with another agent, which means that I'm going to net after taxes and after my rehab, because my rehab is going to be at least 200000 Right. Okay? So if it sells for 3.8 minus 2.5% in closing cost minus about 200000 in rehab, my net is approximately $1,030,000. Mm-hmm. Nice. Now, when I sell it on a 1031 exchange, that's net profit because right. I'm not going to pay taxes on it. Yep. So on this purchase, I, I got bank financing and I put a million dollars down. So now when I sell it, I'm going to get back my million dollars down plus my $1 million profit, which means I'm going to walk away with $2 million. Yeah. So now on my next up leg, I can easily buy a $5 million property. I may be, may be even able to buy a $10 million property if I can get seller financing with 20% down. Right. On a $10 million asset, 20% down with seller financing is $2 million. And that's what we call leveling up. Yeah. That's the 31 exchange. I So a small property, I reposition it. I do a cash out refinance. I then sell it. I sell it on a 1031 exchange. I sell the nine units and now I buy 19 units. I sell my 19 units and maybe the next one I buy 30 units. Right. And you just rinse and repeat. It's it's really, you know, I always say that business and life, James, simple yes, yeah. easy no. Yes. Simple yes, easy no. Yeah. I mean, I think that goes for a lot of stuff. You know, it, it, it's simple. It's just a matter of are you really wanting to willing to do the work, you know? Um, and this is a, a, another example of just uh, learning and, and getting mentors is, is huge to take that shortcut. You know, yeah, you can try and figure it out all on your own. Uh, but you, you know, if you have someone that can mentor you, that would definitely cut down the time that you're spending trying to spin your wheels to figure stuff out. So I know you actually have a, a mentor program, correct? Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, again, my, my full business is uh, HP Capital Investments, right. which is my yeah. acquisition and investment firm. Yeah. But I do a little mentoring on the side. And okay. um, if people want to learn about it, they can go to uh, my site. It's called My Chairman dot net my okay. chairman net like a chairman of the board got it so my net and then people can also follow me on instagram yep. and my instagram is uh my chairman h for hector and p for padilla so my chairman yeah. hp yeah i'll make sure i post this so so people can reach out to you if they've got questions uh, or for people that are maybe they have some deals out there that they can get to you as well. So whether you're looking for mentorship or you got a deal for Hector, reach out to him. Uh, I'm sure he'd be interested in, in looking into it. Uh, so I know you have spoken uh, before about having self-confidence versus self-esteem and how that works into business. Talk, tell me a little bit about your philosophy on the self-confidence and self-esteem because it it definitely has 
uh, especially when you're talking 5 million, 25 million, these big deals, to have the confidence to know what you're doing, which comes through repetition and, and obviously uh, practice. But talk to me a little bit about the self-confidence versus self-esteem. Excellent question. Um, you know, people always say, well, you know, hey, what do I need to succeed in this business? Mm -hmm. And, you know, after, you know, I've been in the business now, gosh, what is it? Um, oh, God, what is it? Uh, going on 19 years now. So I've been in the business myself yep. 19 years. Um, and, and taking it a step back, you talked about mentors, okay? And yes. I always tell people, you know what, having a mentor is not, in, it's not important. Um, so having a mentor is not important. Mm -hmm. But if you want to create exponential growth, then yes. it's critical that you have yeah. a mentor. Right. It's not important. It's critical. Look at yeah. what happened with me, with my reverse circle that took me 15 years to finally just focus on the multi-million dollar deals. Yeah. You don't want to waste 5, 10, 15, 20 years of your life. That's you want right. to go, again, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. So you want to have a mentor that is doing what you want to do. Um, I tell people, listen, if you want to master uh, doing open houses, then find a mentor that's really good at doing open houses. That's right. If you want to master your listing presentation and being a listing agent, find a mentor that's a top producing listing agent. Same thing if you want to do the fix and flips or if you yeah. want to do what I'm doing, find someone that's doing what you, know, what you want to do yeah. and vet vet your mentor. There's too many people out there in social media, um, you know, that claim to be coaches and mentors and whatever, yes. and they don't have a track record. Yeah. You know, they've never done it. They're not doing it. So definitely vet your mentor. For sure. All right, so going back. Um, so what I say is I say that you need five things to succeed in, um, in any business. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so here's what I say. I say, number one, you need self-esteem. Yeah. And self-esteem is just feeling good about yourself. You yep. know, people get too caught up on, you know, my ears are a little big. I'm a little overweight. <laughs> right. You know, I'm not, uh, I don't look like Superman, whatever it may be. You got to get over that. Just yes. feel good about yourself, knowing that you are a good human being and know that you are doing your best. Yes. Okay. That's self-esteem. Okay. Feeling good about yourself. Now, self-confidence. Self-confidence is mastering the business. Yes. So you need to study the business. You need to understand cap rate. You need to understand growth rent multiplier, net operating income. You need to understand how to analyze the property, how to run the numbers. You need to understand cash on cash. How are you going to explain to a seller the 10 benefits of doing seller financing? Right. How does seller financing work? So you need to study the business so that you have self-confidence. James, if, I, if I'm on stage and you tell me to speak about rocket science, mm -hmm. my self-confidence is <laughs> right. going to be very low. Right, okay. yeah, yeah. But my self-esteem is still high, meaning Absolutely. I still feel good about myself. Now, you tell me to talk about real estate and my self-confidence goes right back up. Yeah, absolutely. That makes, okay. that makes sense, yeah. So number yeah. one is self-esteem. Number two, self-confidence. Number three is what is your business and life philosophy? My business philosophy, James, is that somebody needs to sell their apartment building and I'm here to help them out. Yeah. Whether the market is up, the market is down, or the market is sideways, somebody needs to sell and somebody needs to buy and I'm there to help them out. Yeah. That's my business and my philosophy. No, okay? that's, that's true. Yeah. 
And so, you know, the, the, uh, I'm sorry, I made to cut you off, but the, uh, just to go back real quick to the, the self-confidence and, and learning the business. I think people don't want to put in the work. A lot of times they want it now. <laughs> they, they do. They just yeah. want it now. And mastery comes with, obviously you've been doing this for a while, uh, but you weren't this good, you know, 15, 16 years. I mean, you've put the work in. And so I want to emphasize that to people that they understand that you got to put the work in. There is no easy button. That's what everybody wants. They want the easy button. And unfortunately, they're just not one. You know, that, that's the same thing as, um, as going to the gym. You know, yes. people want to be able to walk in the gym, get a membership, hit the easy button. <laughs> right. Next thing you know, they have six-pack abs and yeah. they're shredded and, and healthy yeah. and fit, right? Yeah. They don't want to put in the work. And it's yeah. not just the work. It's not just the work, James, and you know this because you're a trainer yourself. Yeah. But it's also you gotta you gotta study it. You gotta yes. study your craft and say, okay, what's the best diet for me? What's the best workout for me? Is it is it cardio? Is it heavy weights? Yep. You know, is it circuit training? And what am I going to enjoy? Yeah. So um, you definitely gotta study the business to get that self confidence. It sure. does not come overnight. And part of that is again having a vetted mentor. Yes. That uh, that knows the business. Yeah. Um, so going back on the five things. So we talked about number one is self-esteem. Number mm-hmm. two is self-confidence. Number three is your business and life philosophy. Number four is taking massive skilled action with adjustments. Got it. And I got that from a billionaire that, uh, you know, I, I got an opportunity to fly out and meet with him in, in, um, in Scotland. No, no, I'm sorry. In uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay. And, he just passed away as well. It's like, man, all my all my, all my mentors are passing away. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he just passed away, and that's something he he also told me. He said, you know what? People just want to take a little bit of action, and they expect results, and it's not. It's like you got to take massive, yes, skilled, and it has to be skilled action, and you got to make adjustments. Yes. You have to realize what's not working in my market. Which mailer has a better response rate? Right when I'm meeting with people, how are they reacting to me? Do I need to change my approach? Do I need to change my presentation? So you got to take that massive, skilled, okay, and that comes back with that self-confidence, sure. skilled action with adjustments, and then number five is you do need to have a team. Yeah, especially yeah. At this uh, this level, you need to have a team, which means that you're going to have your acquisitions agent. Um, at some point, you're going to be operating as the CEO of your company. Uh, you need to have a real estate attorney that understands these deals, mm-hmm. a CPA that understands these deals, um, and you need to have a mentor that understands the business and has been in the trenches and uh, and and knows it well. So those are the five things that you do have to succeed, pretty much in any business. But I always say, you know, Agreed. in real estate, yeah, for sure, yeah, and you know the. It's not a business if you're doing it by yourself. <laughs> I mean, it's just not a business. You got to have people helping you to to get the whatever the vision is. You got to get a good group of people together and work together to get to that vision. You may be the one that set the vision, but you get people on board um, to to help you achieve that vision. But yeah, I mean, if you're not if you're doing it by yourself, it's not really a business. It's, it's just not. There's no business that has one employee. A one person working it's not a business so that's that's big is to make sure that you get a good team and, and i've had i've had teams i've had good teams i've had it's 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 dealing with people it just you you're gonna have some you're gonna go through some bad bad ones and 
you're going to have some good ones and you hold on to the good ones if you can. And, uh, and that definitely helps uh, expedite the, uh, the, the achievement of that, of that vision. So that's, that's key, which, and I love that, that you put that out there. So, you know, with that, James is, is you're absolutely correct. People say, Oh, I'm the CEO of, you know, XYZ company. <laughs> right. And it's like, no, you're a technician and you're the technician. Yeah. If you're not there making the phone calls, if you're not there busting your ass, you're not making money. Yeah. And it's okay to start that way. You know, you yes. say, it's fine to start that way, but eventually sure. you need to have a team. Um, and, and I'll give you an example of that, James. I just got back. I took my family on, um, on a 42 day vacation to Asia, we went to uh, Tokyo and Bangkok and uh, Phuket. Yeah. And then we went to go relax in Cabo. If I did not have, right now, I am currently rehabbing 98 doors and about $22 million in real estate. Okay. I would have not have been able to take that 42 day vacation if I was a one man show. That's right. There's no way. Because because I have my team, they're here running everything, everything from property management to project management uh, to leasing out the properties and, and getting it all done. And I don't need to be here. If I was a one-man show and if I was out there just flipping houses, yeah. I wouldn't have that time freedom yep. and the financial freedom to take a 42-day vacation. That's right. And, you know, I mean, for some people, I will say this because – Everybody doesn't maybe necessarily want the same thing. If if you enjoy rehabbing and that's just what you enjoy doing, and be, then so be it if that's what you enjoy. Um, but I think as an entrepreneur, most of us want to get to a level of having, because to me, it's it's the freedom of time and still having the income. It's the freedom to go do, you know, take a vacation for 42 days. I mean, most people would only can only dream of doing it and they will continue to just dream about it and won't actually go put in the, in the work to get to a point where you can take off a month, month and a half and, and go, go on a vacation. But the, uh, you know, I, I just, I find that to be very important that people understand the team. Yeah, the team helps you with the freedom of your time. Uh, you can't put it. There's no price to put on the time. It's just not. There's no way to do it. But as I think for most entrepreneurs, they want the freedom. You know, they want to be able to to just leave and have the business keep running. That's a real business when it keeps running with or without yeah. you. Yeah. And, and you hit the nail on the head when you said that, you know, if if your passion is flipping, then yes. then that's awesome. Go for Absolutely. that. Okay? Yes. But but here's the thing. I um I had a conversation um years back. And this guy had been flipping for 20 years and he was flipping high end. And, right. you know, back then high end was a million to 2 million and he was making some nice paychecks. Right. And he said, God, Hector, he's like, you know what? If I could go back, I wish I would be doing what you're doing. Yeah. He's like, I love flipping. It's just my passion and I'm not going to stop. He's still going to do it. He's like, but if I would have just held one property per year, yeah. If I would have just held maybe two properties per year, now that I've been doing this for 20 years, I would be financially set right. and I would have the time freedom and the financial freedom. Yep. But I took all my profits and I've been living uh, a great lifestyle, earning high paychecks, but I have no passive income. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. for the flippers out there, that's great. If you love flipping, I get it. Yeah. Fine, do it, but take some of those profits and invest it into a four unit, into a 10 unit building. Yeah. And, you know, maybe just hold on to one property per year. In 20 years, you're set. Yeah. It's the same, you know, it's the same for just uh, even, you know, just normal, regular real estate agents. Most, most real estate agents, 
they don't they don't take any money and buy any type of investment that will generate pass and, and they're in the business and, and most of them don't do it uh, they don't buy anything to where they don't have to keep doing deal after deal and keep looking for it if you and, or you do it when you choose to do it you know you're not doing it because you have to but yeah you can't you can't uh, you can't just get a listing sell it and and sit back and, and relax because you got to go get another one because whatever that commission check was, it's going to go away relatively quickly. Uh, so, but yeah, most realtors don't even do it. You know, they don't invest in, uh, in, in something that's going to generate some passive income down the road. So uh, that's a great, great um, nugget there. And the other thing I wanted to say, because you had mentioned about taking skilled action. One of the things that I, I want people to understand, that, yes, it's great to have the skill, but you need to take some type of action. <laughs> like a, a lot of people would just sit around and, and they're preparing and preparing and preparing and getting ready. You, you got to take some type of action. Um, now, if you're looking at these big million dollar deals, you know, you'd obviously want to get yourself into, uh, you can get yourself into some trouble if you make a, a, a mistake there, but there's a lot of other things that you can do, but at some point you got to take action and you can't just be so, so timid about doing something that's just out of your comfort zone. Cause yes, I do talk about this all the time when I teach group fitness classes is getting out of your comfort zone, whether it's in the gym or in business, you stay in that comfort zone. You can do that. You're just going to, you're not going to move. You're not going to grow in, in my opinion, in the gym, lifting weights or whatever, you're not going to grow. You got to do something a little out of your comfort zone. And eventually you'll figure it out. You'll get it. And then you move a little, you, you find another goal to maybe get out of your comfort zone and you keep doing that. Uh, so, but I want people to make sure that they're not just sitting around practicing and practicing and figuring out we got it. It doesn't have to be exactly perfect. Cause you've, you know, you've, you've probably made some mistakes along the way. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, you, 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 there's some mistakes that have been made along the way. This is not like, you know, you, you got this down and it was like, ah, I had no mistakes. I'm, so we could probably have a whole show just on the stuff that you did wrong. You know what, James, I uh, asked about the book I want to write, it, and I actually want to write a book on my mistakes. Right, and, absolutely. You know what? Yeah. Here are all the mistakes I made. Don't make yeah. these mistakes. But yes. let me um, go back to something you said earlier. Um, I just met with the Realtor, top producing listing agent. He's now 60 years old. Okay. 60 years old, and the same thing, he owns no real estate, and yeah. he still has a yeah. mortgage on his house. He has yeah. a nice house. So I'm having a little mentoring session with him, and I said, listen, what you got to think about is you're now 60, okay? In five summers, you're going to be 65. Right. Five summers. In five summers, you're going to be 65. So the one word that I want everybody to think about on the, listening to this call, mm -hmm. listening to this podcast, is the one word is lifestyle. Right. When you figure out what kind of home do you want to live in, what kind of car do you want to drive, what kind of dinners do you want to go to, um, what kind of clothes do you want to wear? What kind of vacations do you want to take? Mm -hmm. Then you do the reverse math and you figure out how much does that cost you per month nice. to live your ideal lifestyle. For some people, it's five thousand dollars. Right. For other people, it's fifty thousand. Okay, yeah. um, but whatever it's going to be, whether it's five thousand or fifty thousand, then all you need to do is create that passive income by investing in apartment buildings, by right. investing in commercial real estate or industrial real estate. And now you have those rents coming in that pay for your lifestyle. 
now, like you said, James, now you don't have to work. Right. Now you work because you just love being a listing That's agent right. or you love being the flipper or whatever it is that you love. You can still work, yeah. but you don't have to work anymore yeah. because you got that passive income coming in. So definitely, yeah. especially the young cats out there, you know, the guys that are, you know, 21 to 30, they're not thinking about their retirement. No. Um, they're not thinking about their time freedom and financial freedom. And, and you know, you got to think about it and you got to think about that lifestyle and then create that passive income by investing in real estate. Yeah. Now I'm with you. And the, the reverse engineering is, is huge to start, begin with the, with the end in mind is <laughs> huge. And yeah, when you're in your 20s, because I, I wasn't thinking about that you think when you're in your 20s you're not thinking about it but there's so much information out right now from entrepreneurs all over the place for the for these 20 year olds that wasn't around when you and i were in our 20s um That's now right. with there's i mean you can't you almost have to try not to hear <laughs> right. i mean there's That's so right. much information so if you're in your 20s and you're not taking uh taking uh, advice from from hector and some of these other people that are out there doing it there's really no excuse because there's so much information, which is good and bad in a way. Because there's so much information, sometimes people just get paralyzed and they do nothing. Well, well, here's what I say with that, James. I say that, the, and I call them the young cats, okay? Mm -hmm. I say that the young cats are drowning in data, right? but starving for time-proven wisdom. Yeah. So you young cats That's out there, yeah. look at time-proven wisdom you guys are drowning in data and then you get that paralysis analysis. Yes. Yes. The business fundamentals do not change. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned uh, Jim Rohn earlier and something that Jim Rohn said was he said, if somebody tells you that they have a factory where they're building antiques run. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the yeah. fundamentals did not change the business and this That's... business it's, it's prospecting, it's networking, it's making the offers it's raising the private capital. It's meeting with sellers. And those are the fundamentals. Yeah. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah. And you know, when I was listening to Earl Schoff, the, the, the interview that I was listening to him do was, I believe it was back in like the late 50s, early 60s. It's black and white. I'm watching this on YouTube. What he was saying is so relevant to today, Hector. It's, it's, it's crazy how this is 60 you know, 60, 50 years ago, we're talking 50, 60 years ago. And the stuff he's talking about as far as being specific, and you mentioned it, being specific about your goals. I mean, really specific. It still applies today. Now we've got a lot of technology, and but the principles are still the same. 60 years later, it's still the same. You have got to be specific, write it down somewhere and be specific um, to, to really be able to achieve it. James, with that, when I, when I speak sometimes, I say, does, you know, do people have goals? And everybody raises their hands, right? Sure. Yep. And I say, well, what's your goal, sir? And he goes, oh, I want to make more money. I go, you want to yeah. make more money? Yeah, I want to make more money. I pull out a dollar bill. I'm like, here you go. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, well, that's not what I mean. And yeah. then somebody else will say, oh, I, I want to, you know, my goal is to have a fourplex. I'm like, all right, you want to have a fourplex? I'll tell you what, I'm going to deed you my fourplex. Are you happy? Oh, yeah, I'm happy. Now, let me give you the specifics right. on that the market value is five hundred thousand. I owe six hundred thousand on the mortgage, and I'm losing two thousand dollars. Right. And they're yeah. like, "No, well, I want to have equity." I'm like, "Okay, so you got to be specific. Yes. How much equity do you want to have in every acquisition? How much passive income do you want to have per building? 
Yeah. You got to be more specific. And yeah. again, be specific on what you ask for. Something else with, with what you just said, too, on, uh, you know, you said when, when you and I were in our 20s, um, things were different. Yes. And you were watching the show with uh, Earl Schof, who was the mentor to Jim mm -hmm. Rohn. That's great. But here's something, and this is so big now, it's, it's the young cats out there. You guys are not lacking resources. You are lacking resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. The resources yes. are there. The Absolutely. YouTube is there. The Google is there. The mentors, the coaches, the books, the audio programs, the yeah. seminars, they're all there. But, but it goes back to, again, James, to what you said. People want to hit that easy button. Yes. They want to hit that easy button and not do the work. you got to put in the work. I call it earning divine compensation. The oh, only way to good. build legacy to build true wealth that you're going to hold on to is by earning divine compensation, which means you got to work for it. You need to earn it. Yeah, there is no shortage of information. <laughs> I mean, there is no secrets. There's no shortage of information. And yet people still, you're, the resourcefulness is, there's, there's just no excuse. There really isn't uh, in this day and age. So Great information. Well, got to ask you, so I know you're a huge uh, reader. And uh, so tell me what are you either reading right now or listening to in your car? Oh, God, you know what? I, I'm actually a huge reader. Um, okay. You know, part of my five to seven and daily rituals is I read every day and I mm -hmm. listen to audio programs every day. Yeah. And uh, people always ask me that, like, oh, you know, what book do you recommend for me? What audio program do you recommend for me? And I always tell them, um, you know, I don't know enough about you to give you a recommendation right now i'll give you an example on that i know a guy who knows real estate uh he knows tax code he knows real estate law i mean the guy is a genius when it comes down to knowing real estate yeah. but he is repulsive when you meet with him i mean he is just negative energy repulsive and that's why he can't get seller financing mm. because he impulsive and he can't connect yeah so what i would recommend for him is not a real estate book and not a law book i would recommend a book on how to connect with people yeah um but i will tell you this uh okay so so now i'm you know i'm at a different point in my life i'm 44 mm -hmm. years old i'm happily married i have a four-year-old uh, daughter and my parents are now going to be they're going to be 73 years of age this uh this year okay so my, my goals are different um right now i'm great book it's called quiet mind epic life by matthew ferry who was actually one of my real estate coaches but that was not his passion so matthew ferry now became more of like a spiritual coach uh, okay. but great book yeah great book called quiet mind epic life um i also read the book tribe of mentors by timothy oh, ferris absolutely yeah yep. Uh, I also read um, Can't Hurt Me by the Navy SEAL yeah. David, David Goggins. Or yeah, David Goggins. Absolutely. I have not got around to that yet. Uh, I, I'm going to matter of fact, I'm going to do it today because I, I know I have a lot of uh, friends that are in the real estate business and mentors and so forth. And everybody is talk, talking about Can't Hurt Me. Now, I'm, I'm familiar with David Goggins' story just because I followed him for a few years, but I've got to read that book because I'm, I'm hearing everybody talk about it. Oh, yeah. And here's something else I say. You know, some books are better read and other books are better on audio. Right. So right. David Goggins' Can't Hurt Me is 100% better on audio because he actually gives some site information and he's being interviewed during the audio program. Okay. So 
for Can't Hurt Me, highly recommended on audio. Yeah. Uh, Tribe of Mentors, I, I, don't, I don't think that's an audio, so that's a great read. Okay. Uh, Quiet Mind, Epic Life is also a great read. And it, just the classics, you know, Think and Grow Rich is yep. a great read. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Outwitting the Devil by mm-hmm. Napoleon Hill, another yeah. great read. So I would definitely start with the classics, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And then you got to decide, you know, what you want, what kind of business you want to get into. Is it the multi-million dollar apartment buildings? Is it right. fix and flip? You know, what is it? And then read some books on that. Yeah, no, that's that's great. So yeah, I'm I'm a huge I'm a, I'm a huge reader as well. So, um, but yeah, I've got to get the can't hurt me. I will I will I will get that downloaded today, uh, so I can listen to that during the during the course of the day. So, all right, well, Hector, I I am so so. Uh, appreciative that you came to do this. Give me your, give uh, give us your information again. So how can people reach you? Um, whether it be IG, Instagram, or uh, the okay. website again. All right. So uh, I do, like, like I mentioned earlier, I do do a little bit of high level mentorship mm-hmm. and advisory. Okay? okay. Now that's high level, but I also have right now, what I'm doing is I'm actually having students come into my office and I call it rolling in the rolls. Okay. Uh, and so we go out in my chauffeured Rolls Royce and we go out and we look at my projects that I'm rehabbing right now that I'm repositioning. They sit with me in my office one-on-one. They see how I make the phone calls. They see how I analyze the properties. Um, they're, they're sitting with me for a whole day. So that way they get the real deal, no bullshit, no yeah. fat between the muscle. They see how yeah. it's done. Okay, Got so it. if they want to uh, learn more about that, they can basically, again, uh, follow me on Instagram. And that's okay. my chairman HP. My chairman HP, or they can go to my website, um, mychairman.net. Mychairman.net. Okay, and again, I'll, I'll get that posted. But uh, go, uh, yeah, check that out, guys. And uh, we again, I, I appreciate this so much. You, the value, and you know, it, the beauty of, of social media is this is how we connect it. Because uh, you, you probably get a lot of people that reach you on social media, and probably a lot of people you don't respond to. <laughs> so uh, I am glad we connected. This is awesome. And I'm going to come out there and visit you. I will be out there to California. I'm going to come visit you. And uh, if there's anything that I can do to support you and whatever, wherever, what, what your next, you know, venture is, whatever that may be, let me know. But I really appreciate your time. This has been awesome. And um, we'll, we'll have to reconnect again. And, and, you know, James, uh, let me take one last little note I want to say. Uh, number one, thank you for the opportunity to speak to your audience and yes. to get to know you a little bit. Yeah. And you're, you're right. I get a lot of people say, oh, you know, can I take you to lunch? Can I right. take your brain? Can I take yeah. you to coffee and, and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, people, the young cats say, oh, fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. And there's a little bit of truth to that. Okay, there's a little bit of truth to that. Um, I, I did it myself, you know, I had to mm-hmm. fake it a little bit to, to, uh, I finally made it, yeah. but here's what I would say. Don't fake being virtuous, right? Mm. Not fake being virtuous, be virtuous, be a good human being. One of the reasons why I connected with you was because I could tell you were a good guy. I can tell you were virtuous. Yes, I did look you up in right. Instagram, and I did do a little Google research on you. <laughs> right. I saw your videos. And so I can tell, like, man, this is a good guy. Yeah. Okay? But don't fake being virtuous. And with that, my friend, thank you so much for the opportunity. As I always say, make it a great day. Awesome. All right, Hector. Well, you take care. We'll catch up soon. 
And I thank you again, guys. Go to mychairman.net, check Hector out, and we will reconnect again, Hector. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right.